0: luxury real estate expert coach and trainer michael Lafito. welcome back to another episode of the luxury listing specialist podcast i'm your host michael Lafito. you are in the right place if you're looking to increase your average sale price you're looking to attract more high-end and luxury clientele buyers as well as luxury listings and again if you want to work smarter not harder again as always if you have any questions for me or the guest uh, shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. And if you have any suggestions, if you want me to cover a topic that we haven't covered, uh, you can send me an email there as well. And for those of you that are interested, we've had a lot of inquiries lately uh, based on our recent guest about our designation, check out luxury listing specials. Luxury and again, if you're getting value, please leave us a like, leave us a review, Today's guest, I'm really excited. I met him through the Inman days, uh, doing a lot of various conferences as uh, conferences are slowly coming back with people's comfort level. Um, I'm actually heading to a conference tomorrow as we record this. And um, today's guest is um, you know, Alex Lang from Glo- Forbes Global Properties. But I've known Alex uh, for some time now, and I've actually was a, a guest on one of their uh, their shows, if you will, where they had top luxury agents on. And I was really impressed with the the quality of agent, the quality of uh, knowledge that the agents that were on the event that I had. So I'm like, you know what, why don't I get Alex on ours to, to, to hear a little bit more about what he's seeing with the luxury market, what he's thinking the 2022 luxury market will bring. As well as you know some best practices and maybe some of his uh, top agents from uh, Forbes Global Properties. So, with that being said, Alex, welcome.
1: Thank you. And it's nice to be on.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, joining and tell everybody a little bit about your journey uh, and uh, to where you're at today.
1: Ah, well, you know, I started you know years and years ago as a general as, as a technologist. So I, I came through the technology ranks um i was you know cto of art.com and all posters like all kinds of companies long before i entered the real estate space and then uh back in 2005 uh, a partner and i started one of the very first real estate portals i mean really back in the day so it was called roost and roost was one of the very first real estate um mls driven sort of portal plays And we started there. That was my four way into real estate and learning all the nuances of crazy display rules and what you can and can't do because I was an outsider coming in. So I had this fresh perspective, but I also didn't know anything. So it was a a hard lesson learned, but it was good. And we actually exited that company and sold it to Brooklyn Response. I then spent um, a number of years as the chief technology officer for Market Leader. Um, back in the day, people might remember Market Leader as House Values, and then converted to Market Leader, selling sort of CRM and, and websites uh, to to people all over the the U.S. Uh, to agents um, as well as the brokerages. Um, we were actually the sort of back end to the Keller Williams E Edge platform way back in the day. Um, we ultimately then sold to Trulia. Um, I was there for a little bit, and then of course, Julia sold to the Zillow. Then I went to uh, the National Association of Realtors, where I worked as an operating partner for the venture arm uh, for Second Century Ventures. I then uh, ended up being the CEO for Up for the for Project Upstream, which was a sort of national initiative to to. Uh, not consolidate but to find like standards across all the different MLSs and then create maybe a unified interface so if you were an agent in multiple MLSs you'd only ever enter it once um, and it would sort of understand the differences and do you all play with all the rules and, and make it go through there and then um, about four years into that they I got recruited heavily to, to become the CEO of Forbes Gold Properties which is where I am today so it's a long journey but here I am 20 years now.
0: Well, oh, man, man, oh, man! So, so the the standardization, if you will. I, I know, yeah. for example, uh, I'm a member of MRED uh, here in sure. the Chicago land market, and we are broker owned, agent owned, if you will. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things is coming soon's or pocket listings is always the big hot topic, right? Sure, sure. You know, particularly when it comes to high end, I feel like and luxury properties, uh, depending on the market, of course. You know, sometimes these uh, these upper price points are a little bit more of a neutral or buyer's market versus the entry level, which are, you know, multiple offer seller market. So you know, trying to create that urgency in those upper price points when sometimes there's years of inventory. I mean, as I'm recording this right now, we have a seven and a half million dollar listing in Barrington Hills, Illinois. It's under contract. And once we put it, when we put it under contract, there had been only three sales of seven million dollars or more for all of Chicagoland residential real estate in the last year, which many would say is the the strongest luxury market ever. Only three sales, and so we had years of inventory. I mean, years of inventory in that buyer and that price point. So, you know, one of the things I'm always helping agents and team leaders, broker owners, is you know, how to position these homes more effectively and how to create yeah. urgency, how to create urgency when maybe there's no urgency because a buyer might think, well, why would I be interested now when they're going to probably lower the price and it will still be available in six months. But that is a totally different topic. But I did want to just share with you the pocket listing discussion, because I know that was one of the things that uh, you and and others, uh, you know, were trying to uh, put together, create some transparency so people weren't holding their listings just to them for sure. for dual agency purposes or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it's been uh, it, it, that that topic in particular has been uniquely interesting um, and, that, and the perspective you have is sort of specific to your market and and MRED and their rules, and which are very similar to us. I mean, Forbes Global Properties is a you know we're fifty percent international, um, so I, I I have to play in sort of worlds that don't even have an MLS, don't have those kind of rules, um, and then at the highest level, you know, where we have hundred million dollar listings, now you have you have you have sellers who want a level of privacy and confidentiality, which makes it hard as well. They don't want the address shown, they don't want the price shown, they want you know things like that, where suddenly, you know, it's a celebrity who doesn't want, doesn't like the optics of I'm selling a hundred million dollar home in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, is, it, it does create some really interesting nuances that are less, you know, want to keep both sides of the transaction and more trying to service your client the best you can right and one of the things i realized and especially in luxury is that the higher the price the more sort of bespoke it becomes where you have to really get creative to to service that seller um and and and, and sort of sell sell the story the narrative it's not you know i find i find it's really interesting and to, when when i talk to our members um, I'll t- talk a little bit more about what, what we're doing at Fours, but you know, I have a conversation constantly, which like, how do you differentiate yourself as an agent in the luxury market, right? Because if I'm a seller and you're sitting across the kitchen table from me, right? I mean, really, what are you telling me different that everybody else isn't Telling, telling me like, you're going to put it in your MLS, you're going to get it syndicated in the right sites, you're going to like do the great, greatest open house. I mean, are you really telling me that you know, your dedication is more dedicated? I mean, it's hard, it's hard, like, how do you differentiate yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of that sort of angle where you really was like, why you versus the three other agents in the neighborhood that, that service that, that, that area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do a pretty decent job with that at Forbes Because we we are able to take the Forbes brand and what we can create and and create that narrative for the client themselves, and I think that that's super important for us. You know, where we can say, you know. Forbes, you know, Well, let, tell you what, let me take two seconds if it's okay. Yeah. No, you know, please. What Forbes is what we're doing at Forbes and it sort of kind of, in might. Yeah. Cause I do want to circle
0: back to this. This is a great topic that we weren't even okay. planning on, but that's, what's great about <laughs> these. So yeah, tell everybody a little bit about Forbes global properties sure. um, and the background and, and, and maybe a qualification and, and what price point uh, do properties have to be on there? Or maybe it's not price point. Give us a little is background it, on Forbes it. global properties. Thanks Alex. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think the easiest way to explain what we are and what we're not is to kind of tell you a quick little story about how we came to be right and um, and this is not to speak ill about any other brand or any other network and like that. It's just it's more from an example standpoint and what we're trying to do. So back in the day, and I say, you know, decades ago, so um, our founding member, Jeff Highland from Hilton and Highland in Beverly Hills, was one of the founding creators and members of Christie's International Real Estate. And over, over time, he became disenchanted by just evolution, things moving, things changing. And he ultimately left the affiliation, and which was, you know, it was shocking enough, sort of like, wow, you know, a founder left, why? And so that was like, ask, let's sit with Jeff and find out like, why why, why did you leave? What could have been done differently? What didn't work, what didn't work, et cetera. And it was those, it was that narrative, which sort of, fell into four separate buckets. And those four buckets became the pillars about what Forge became. And the first, of course, was there's lots of good brands out there and it was like, we needed a brand where it could help elevate the, the independent brokerage um, to, to compete, uh, to be able to nudge out you know, your local competitors. Like, why are you gonna be able to Showcase that luxury home better than anybody else, right? Um, Christie's and Sotheby's and a lot of the other brands do a good job of that. And it's like you were going to have to compete at that brand level. Um, But one of the things that they had noticed was over time, um, that cohort of affluent buyers and sellers was growing really fast. In the last five to six to 10 years, you've seen like that group is growing quickly, but what is happening, and this is not just in the US, but but worldwide, is it's skewing younger and younger and younger. That could be because of inheritance and wealth transfer, it could, could be because of dot-com activity, but it's skewing younger. And I'm 54 and my parents loved a lot of the, lot of the other brands. Right, They had that affiliation, but I can tell you growing up in Silicon Valley, and I go to my peers at Facebook and Twitter and the guys who are working all throughout Silicon Valley, I can tell you right now, they do not have any idea or do not associate, say, Christie's with, with luxury real estate. They just don't. Um, and so it's like, what brand would you pick that still, still resonated with an, a, a, an established family, but also resonated with the 30 under 30? And there are very few brands you can could, you could affiliate with. And Forbes happened to be one. Um, and our founders happen to have a relationship with, the, with Forbes. So we were able to start that conversation.
0: Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to visit LuxuryListingSpecials.com for more information on the Lux designation along with some free resources. And now... Let's get back to the show.
1: So that was one, it's not that brand. The second, the second pillar had to do with getting the qualified buyer traffic. And that's hard, right? Because I mean, when you're having that conversation, you know, especially when you're talking to a you know, 7 million or a $10 million home or even more, you know, nobody wants any, actually, it doesn't matter. Any, any listing, nobody wants a hundred registration leads and no, no consumer wants a million people trampling through their kitchen during an open house. I mean, that's like, that's the part, like we all have to do And we all like everybody's just sort of like working through that, um, you, you'd rather have 10 people who can actually write a $10 million check. Right and aren't going to fall through and have all that a little bit more security and so it's like how do you do that and the fortunate part for us is we. Have our partnership so Forbes is actually a minority owner and gives and we have sort of parent child privileges that many, many licensees do not. Uh, We actually control the content on the real estate section in Forbes.com and Forbes.com has 140 million unique visitors a month and that cohort of visitors is. Tends to be a bit more qualified than if I were just buying SCM traffic on Google or even Facebook ads. I mean, because these are, yeah, you know, yes, 50% are probably aspirational, but the other 50%, you're talking credit investors, business owners, etc. They're more likely to have, you know, jumbo loans, and they're more likely to like sit and look at luxury real estate and luxury items, and that's what we wanted to tap into. And that's one of the unique things we have is we we you know our editorial team will write about the property, or we're right about the agent, or we're right about the firm, or we're, right about, or we're right about Chicagoland, what's happening, but we'll get it on Forbes.com and be able to incubate those people and turn them into qualified leads. And so that was one of the, that's sort of our little secret sauce that we can do that no one else can do on Forbes.
0: Okay. So that's, that's a second pillar. Yeah. The second,
1: the third one had to do more with, um, with Tracking and analytics and understanding because all of these things, no matter whether you're a franchisee or you're working with an affiliate network and there are lots of them out there. um, You know you at the end of the day, it's still a marketing investment and you need to understand your return on marketing dollars, so that you can evaluate like should I spend my money somewhere else should I do different things right should I A/B split something and if you said like. Michael, you just got this amazing listing, this $10 million listing. Did you get it because of you? Did you get it because of your firm? Or did you get it because you were affiliated with this luxury brand? And the answer is going to be all of the above because there's really no way to tease it out unless you leave Mm -hmm. to actually know the difference. And we're like, no, 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 no. If we're going to build anything, and this comes back to my sort of market leader, truly it is like, let's instrument this thing from... Forbes all the way through. I want to understand every single nuance. I want to understand what's working and what's not, where traffic is dropping, where it's not, and then give the brokerage the ability to sort of play with the dials. So if you're a member of Forbes Global Properties and you're an agent, you actually have the ability to turn on things like forced registration, but down to not only the brokerage level, but to the agent level, down to the listing level and some maybe have it turned on for some and not for others. And maybe, you know, you're sending, you're gonna spend some time doing some Facebook ads or Instagram apps or whatever, and you you want the traffic to go there, then you can turn it on just for that instance. And we give you the ability as the individual member to do that uh, because we wanted you to be able to have that. And then, we, you know, of course, we created this amazing like analytics package um, because if you if you sure all everybody you know they're we're used to using Google Analytics and we can you know show that but the reality is if you go to your client and you didn't want to show them how you've been doing and you show them Google Analytics, their head's gonna explode. So we took it, and we kind of put a veneer on it and made it pretty and sort of so you can show it literally as a PDF if you want. It's like here's what's been going on in the last two weeks and on your property. Maybe we should make an adjustment on some of our marketing because we're seeing uh, a whole bunch of people from Dubai last week, and I made that up. But you know, it could be you. But you want to be able to show that you're the knowledgeable agent, mm-hmm. and that you're you're adapting based on market conditions, and it, it just gives you a little more gravitas, right? Yeah. So the analytics and the tracking was three. At the very end, for us, it had to do with ownership and business models, because I you, you, when you go to, you know, some of them are franchises, some of them are are referral, you know, sort of business models. And for us, we like, you know what, it's a marketing investment and you need to be able to budget it. So our, our model comes, we basically, once we establish what the prices for you and your market, that's it, you're all in, you know, we don't have referral fees, we don't charge, We we facilitate referrals, but we don't charge anything for that. Um, we don't have, you know, your 6% franchise fee. We don't have any of that stuff. Cause I don't want to, honestly, I don't want to have to track and get the accounting on your transactions to figure out what you should be paying me. Right. Right. For us, again, it's a marketing expense. So here's your fee. Here's what you pay. It's a three year agreement and you're in, you're, you're in a hundred percent.
0: And, and do, do, if somebody wants more information on Forbes global, global properties, do they go to forbes.com and click on real estate or should they go to Uh, another website well the fastest way to get there
1: is if you go to Forbes.com, go to real estate you'll ultimately end up on forbesglobalproperties.com okay and if you just go straight there then there's a million ways for you to inquire about you know joining or finding out more and we'll have the conversation and figure it out but we, we, we we target we target the independent firms um and we look for the people who are top in the market so you know if you pick any particular like location, Atlanta. And you say, okay, who's the top three to five firms that sell luxury real estate? Not volume, total volume, but they they really nail that top echelon of whatever the top five percent of listing prices in that market. You're probably going to get a Christie's, you're probably going to get a Sotheby's and you're going to get an independent or two.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: just pick up the phone and call the independent and say, how'd you like to level up? You know, we, let's use the force brand to amplify you and put on some some fighting gloves, if you will. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, we talk about tools, having additional tools in the toolbox. Yeah. So that would be uh, additional tool in the toolbox for those that are listening, that are uh, independent brokerages. I'm ver- very familiar with the Christie's uh, affiliation. Uh, uh, actually, knew Jeff and met Jeff through I was with the Christie's affiliate uh, back when we had one here in Chicagoland called yeah. Conlon this is all uh, really good information on forbes global properties um, so tell me a little bit about uh, making a, a transition a little bit so you're dealing with top offices you know what are you seeing you know as 2021 is coming to an end um you know strong high-end luxury market and in, in most uh, talking us right now and most of your u.s affiliates overall twenty twenty one was
1: pretty strong. is that fair to say for yeah, and the luxury market was very strong. we what we saw um, was that you know it wasn't necessarily that the types of buyer changed or the number. I mean, there was a lot of transactions, and most of our most of our members had some of their best like one of their best years last year, you know in that luxury segment. What you were seeing though is a desire um, to look for an ideal home, because a lot of these, a lot of the at that top end luxury market, people are they're buying their second and third home. That hasn't really changed. But what what we've seen is either they bought the secondary home, so they were in San Francisco and they bought a place in Montana, right? But then all of a sudden, when they were living, and they were doing that to sort of get away a little bit of COVID, because of COVID, you can work anywhere, and they have doing all the remote stuff. But and so it, what we thought might have been a, a secondary home that they were going to, and eventually thinking they were going back they're starting to stay and they're starting to make that their primary residence and that's that that's an interesting transition that we're seeing it wasn't just hey let me go find something because I need more space and you know luxury buyers were jet setters before right you you maybe had three places but i'm spending a week in new york i'm spending a week in l.a and now they couldn't you couldn't fly you couldn't go anywhere and suddenly that little or that smaller apartment you're claustrophobic when you have children running after under your feet your dog's barking during your zoom calls and and, and. So people are starting to look for and It originally sort of like more space more kind of like i just need more you know sort of area because i'm having to live and work in the same location now what we're seeing, and I think this is interesting across the board for luxury or not luxury, is they're really looking to sort of like, how like how do you retrofit the house to have that home office? You know, what is it? what are those things that I need? Because does the office, you know, all the old school, you know, with the homes, I grew up in the 80s, you always had like, you walked in front door and there was like this little office right when you walked in the front door and people always had that. But now, you know, it's like really when you're doing Zoom, can you have it where, Amazon's coming by a house every five seconds, knocking on the door, your dog's barking at the UPS guy, et cetera. Like, now it's like, where do you have your office? Do you have the proper wiring? Do you like those sort of things that I find like even when you're prepping, like we used to just like stage a house. Now staging has to do with more like, yes, we need to stage it, but let's let's bring in the, the geek squad or whoever. Like, let's make sure that we can advertise this house as sort of home office ready, as much as it is. A beautiful home, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot more of that because they are. They're making that transition where they want. They're they're finding that more ideal home that gives them the space that they can have their family around, etc. But they need to lock, you know, lock down in their home. I op- got locked down in my home office right now, and I'll be here all day long, not tossing another human being except for on the video screen. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. crazy. That's a
0: great point. So. So while we're on that topic 2022 as we approach 2022 what are you hearing indications wise as far as again US focused and then we'll talk global but uh you know strong year still i mean i'm i'm getting, getting I think at the
1: highest I think at the highest And they're still, I think it was gonna be still strong. I do think what you're gonna do is see more of these. And I know I can think of four instances just in the last year that I know of people who, again, they bought their second home in Kauai or somewhere in Maui or something like that. And they thought, oh, we're gonna visit our vacation place. But you know, during COVID we'll camp out and they're not coming back. But now they have to sell their home in California, right? So I think you're gonna see some of that where you have clients, when your clients that you have that have bought that second place, that third place, you should probably start talking about that one they left behind because they may not be coming back. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit more, they're thinking about it. They may not have raised their hand yet saying I'm ready to list it, but I think that's a conversation to have with your clients because it's happening more and more. Um, I think at the higher level, you're still gonna see a lot of transactions and the prices stay pretty high because of inventory at the higher end. I think think at that middle low, like that middle to, to higher luxury, I think we'll see it. we'll probably see a slowdown when interest rates are picking up. And know. yeah, that's I'm
0: hearing a lot of the same uh, the same and and that's you know with in, you know inflation as well you, you know and rates going up even in those upper price points where buyers could put everything down right they all cash yeah. uh, a lot of times they want to leverage their money in the markets right you're seeing uh, with the, you know, I'm seeing a lot of that as well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, and by the way, thank you for that insight. That's uh, great insight because you guys are doing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, at Ford Global Properties, you're doing monthly trainings, if you will, at least, uh, yes. where you're having various panels and best practices. So you're bringing some great insight and, and, and a lot of uh, from the independents in the United States as well as outside and top producing brokerages uh, in the market, you're bringing that insight uh, to what you just shared. So thank you for
1: that. Thank you, you're very welcome. Um,
0: so t- tell me a little bit about some best practices, you know, if there's a nugget or two that you're seeing some of the uh, panels that you're having, what's working from a, maybe positioning to uh, uh, attracting more opportunities, like you said um, earlier, what, do you, what are you seeing as far as what what are your top offices doing consistently, or teams, or top agents in those offices doing, to help attract more opportunities? Whether it be attract buyers for list, listings, or whether it be attract buyers in general, or listing opportunities.
1: Yeah, I think on the for, for the luxury members that we have, I think the the focus is still remains on getting the listing itself to sell side. Yeah. Um, I think that's always been um, list to live, list to live, exactly. And so I think they're getting more creative on showing, you know, and I guess it works both sides because what what I'm seeing is they're 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 starting to leverage media better than they have before. It's not just show it on, you know you you see almost these like million dollar listing quality videos being created. And they're doing more and more of this where they're doing those walkthroughs with the drones and everything else. And it's like, I I look at it, it's like, I can't believe an agent produces. This is really, really high quality. Whether it's, they're just getting better at it or the tools they're using or they're hiring firms, but I'm seeing a massive influx of like video high level video production, not just, the walkthrough, not just the stitch stuff or the man report. I mean, these are production level where they almost have actors and actresses like in the background and things and they're really showing it. And they're because we we allow, you know, our our members when they put the listings on Forbes, they're in, they're putting these videos in their copy, in their descriptions, and they're adding it in. And it's like I'm seeing them constantly go, wow, these are really, really nice. Congrats but what i've noticed is they're using that in their presentation as well you know they're saying michael if i list your home this is the things i'm going to do i'm going to put it here i'm going to have it i'm going to have our instagram post and our marketing team is going to do x y and z this is how we're going to syndicate this and 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 and." but it's got a very visual angle to it Mm -hmm. Um, and i think i think buyers today our sellers today as well, you know, we, everything has gone. So visual, I mean, even when we, when we're buying things on Amazon or whatever, like we, we want to see that and it isn't, and it's to be able to say, I'm going to do more than what you see on Zillow, or you're going to do more than what you're going to see on a typical IDX website. It's just not, it's not just a description of photos. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm going to capture, I'm going to capture an audience through Instagram video or through whatever. I mean, I haven't seen a lot in the, on the high end with things like TikTok or stuff like that, but I saw a ton of like YouTube videos. Um, and like I said, the quality is strikingly good.
0: Yeah. That's a good reminder. You know, we are in a visual industry. I, I called it, you know, it's almost like we're in a dating app industry, but yeah. on a, a previous uh, podcast, we had a gal on who she secured uh, her first multi-million dollar listing and her sellers were skeptical by nature they did their due diligence she was with cobalt banker in in downtown chicago gold coast and they called to verify she was with them i mean they they were like skeptical because they were they were burned previously and so you know if you're an agent that sells luxury and you have some amazing video whether it be content videos or like alex just mentioned these these lifestyle type videos um That's going to help attract opportunities. People are going to do some due diligence on you and they might do some due diligence on another agent they're interviewing. And that might be the the difference. You know, you might have more videos out there and they feel like they already know you. Your conversion will be easier than the agent where there's not a whole lot out there, even if their track record is more impressive than you right? I mean, we are in kind of an American idol world today where we people are. vote on the way someone looks or or the way they they, they relate to them more so than substance. And uh, it shouldn't be that way, but it, it is what we're in. So you had mentioned earlier, which I wasn't going to touch upon this topic, and uh, we're, we're almost um, coming to an end. You're providing some amazing information, Alex. Uh, thank you. Again, check out ForbesGlobalProperties.com, ForbesGlobalProperties.com. Uh, we have Alex Lang on today. Uh, Alex, you're talking about you talked about earlier today. In those those upper 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 in some markets, they, it might be five million dollars. You mentioned the hundred million dollar discrete seller that they want to keep a low profile. They don't want information out there about them. They don't want their their employees or or their you know their investors or their board of directors to to know the kind of home that they're. They're living in or why they're selling or and what how do you what are the best practices some of your members on how to get these properties sold where maybe they are handcuffed a little bit because they can't do that lifestyle video that you and i just talked about right they can't do that level exposure on social media you know it, does it come down to their their network their sphere their their organization in this case global properties that that they're building relationships with feeder markets and other top agents that maybe those buyers are coming from talk to me briefly about that if you would
1: yeah i think i think that is exactly right it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum to be and i've seen there you know in, we started off a little earlier with the hell of mls and the pocket listing stuff and like, you know there's in in certain markets they have they have that office only concept and so they're kind of gaming it um, outside of that, I think it is a, a leveraging I, a leveraging of your, I guess some people call it sphere, but, you, you know, it's, it's it's your Rolodex. It's, it's you know, the peop, people that you have in there because, and I don't think people incubate that enough, right? I think they're sending out their, you know, eight by eight, whatever routine where it's like, hey, it's August and it's time to clean your gutters versus like, this is something interesting that we have that may be coming up. Right, and I see this a lot, especially you know outside of the U.S., where it's like they don't necessarily have the, the listing agreement yet, but they know they're going to, and so and so they don't really like they don't say the address and say whatever, but it's like listen, you know, there's an interesting interesting property that we think is coming up in you know Beverly Hills in wherever this location that's that you know it's a four bedroom that I know you you were looking at one point or maybe you know somebody and it's just like if it comes on, would you, you know, it's sort of like, are do uh-huh. you want to raise your hand, right? So uh-huh. you really are not saying much about anything. And I realize you could probably do that all the time. I mean, it's disingenuous, but sure. I mean, if we yeah. actually did have it coming, but I think that's one of the things that we see, um, I think, uh, you know, Forbes, we actually allow you because we don't get our data from the MLS. We get the data directly from the brokerages. So I don't have the same display rule requirements. So I can do things like hide an address. Hard market, but we can do that. I can hide things like you know, it's still like the listings there, the photos are there. It's kind of you know, you can make it delicious and just have it like it's in Beverly Hills. Where in Beverly Hills? Who knows? Right. You have know, to do do creative things like hide the map or don't let the map zoom in and all kinds of fun stuff like that. But I do think, I think it is just leveraging. You have a ton of. People you've spoken to, people you've sold to, they have you know people who have been referred to that may have not closed. I think I think we're really bad as an industry of what I use, think uh, what I say is like reusing sawdust, right? I mean, in this I mean, think about like in sawmills where you're like they're they're cutting lumber and somebody made the ingenious thing if I put some glue on that sawdust and created you know MDF out of it kind of thing, and now now it's a whole industry, right? Where like how many people did you have in your Rolodex that? you didn't close or that you didn't sell or didn't become a buyer, but they were elite at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're not very good at tapping, you know, they, there could have been a million reasons why they didn't work in, you know, eight months ago. Yeah. That has nothing to do with you. It, has, it may have to do with their their personal situation in their life or whatever, right? And then it's like sort of tapping back into it and, and sort of like just forecasting, like, here's what we're seeing in the market. Here's where we are. But it all has to do with lending value, though, too. It's like, just you saying here's market trends and everything else that like all the you know the website provider sites for provide, It's like yeah i mean that's yeah i mean you, you bring
0: up a good point right at the end of the day you're about building rapport about relationships but being that expert advisor right that, that 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 market expert somebody that understands what's going on and that's how you convert you attract you differentiate and so if you do call upon some someone or a top agent or somebody in your database say, hey, I got this amazing property coming on. Uh, you know, keep it in mind either for yourself or somebody you know and it's just A, B, C, D, you know, you create that that curiosity, right? People always want what they don't can't have, right? It's 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 Apple is amazing with product launches because they create, they talk about and and once it goes live right they pre-sell out everything no different than tesla or some of these other automobile uh you know companies so so that that's uh that's that's great info so uh you know to conclude for anybody that wants additional information best thing for them alex correct me if i'm wrong go to forbesglobalproperties.com
1: sure or you can just send me an email direct which is alex.lang l-a-n-g-e I'm um, at Forbes
0: Global Properties, and I'm happy to have a conversation with you and talk. Alex at ForbesGlobalProperties.com. Hey, really appreciate your time today. Some great insight, uh, great history. Thanks for sharing. It's always an honor uh, to have you on. I know your time's valuable.
1: Now I appreciate hey, you having me on, my friend. You are the, the work that you've been doing, and some of the stuff I've been watching. Like you, you definitely have got to dial in. You understand how to do it. You market you market these luxury properties in quite an amazing way. And I love how I like how well you sort of. And I think everybody can kind of learn, like how well you broadcast yourself across all the different mediums. Um, i like everybody knows who you are, which is amazing. Which is oh, thank cool. you. Congrats Thanks for that.
0: Appreciate that. Well, again, be yourself. That's the key, guys, right? So, uh, you know, be authentic, be yourself. You know, Daniel Kamen once says, nobody cares how, uh, take that back, that's Theodore Roosevelt says, nobody cares how much you know until they know you care. But Daniel Kamen says, people would rather do business with someone they like and they trust rather than someone they don't, even if that likable person is offering a lower quality product and service at a higher price. So, of course, one of the things, Alex, that we're trying to do is raise the bar and And help agents offer a higher quality product, but be likable, be yourself and tell your story. That's the key. People want to, they want authentic. They don't want fake. They want, they want you. And if they don't want you, that's okay, but be yourself. And so you can look yourself in the mirror and know that you gave it your best shot. It wasn't the right one and you don't need them all. You don't need them all. So I thank you for your time today, guys. If you have any questions whatsoever, again, shoot me an email, Michael at marketing luxury group michael at marketing luxury group until next time leave us a review leave us a like and we look forward to our next podcast episode michael Lafito make it a great day